NFL Week 16 prop bets here on a Festivus edition of Props and Hops. And with it being Festivus, why not kick it off, guys, with an airing of some grievances? And if you're tuned in and you've got a lot of problems with us based on last week's performance, you're not wrong. Amari Cooper, a brutal loss for everybody who took under 57 and a half as an official play on last week's show with Cooper landing on 58 receiving yards in that Browns win over the Ravens. Devonte Smith under 50 under excuse me 55 and a half also a loss but at least a quick one we knew that one was over just about as soon as the Eagles got rolling in Chicago and then my prop bet for the show Drake London longest reception over 18 and a half somehow never seemed close despite the fact that he cruised over his receiving yardage total for the game as a small silver lining at least the teaser came through with the Eagles and the Patriots in spite of Jacoby Myers's best efforts that teaser still cashing for us, but a rough week 15 overall. So I think we can turn the page, look ahead to some feats of strength that we can anticipate seeing across the NFL in week 16. Hitman, want to get your general approach on this week's slate. Any angles we can look at to hopefully cash some bets, grow that human fund, and make some money for the people. Well, as Frank Costanza says, I got a lot of problem with you people. Now you're going to hear about them. I got a lot of problem with the sports bucks, the way that they're limiting and treating some players. And you know, if you follow my Twitter, they're going to hear about them. But um, with that said, it's the best prop week of the entire season. I mean, yesterday I had one of my top three, four prop days of the year in that uh, Jaguars Jets game. And typically it coincides. A lot of players went under in a bad weather game. So typically a lot of pros are going to do well in those games. So it's the same thing this week. I will say that the edge on playing weather games is getting smaller by the year just because of the more attention that these games are getting. You have everybody in the world talking about the weather. As soon as DraftKings puts up their openers on Wednesday, people are giving out weather-related picks before the rest of the market could copy. It's harder to get money down on it. The numbers are beat up. I mean, Trevor Lawrence, just an example in the Jags game, Trevor Lawrence opened 236.5 on his passing yards. I was one of the first people that was able to get to that. And by the time kickoff came, it was 208. Like a 28-year – Zach Wilson opened 208 and a half, and he closed in the 180s. Um, the, the Saints game this week, Andy Dalton opened 152 and a half. He's down into the mid-130s. There, you got to get to these lines quicker than ever. And the unfortunate thing is when you do get to them quicker, you're not going to have the liquidity to get your full bite at least for at least for me, everybody's different. Some if you're a hundred, two hundred dollar better, you're you're probably gonna be able to get it on the opener. But for for other people like like me, it's it's tougher to get the money down. But I will say that the EV of this week is probably the best week of the year. Maybe this week and maybe uh, week eighteen will will be the top ones. But I lean there will be this week to be honest. 
and maybe one of the games with the most opportunity on a loaded Week 16 card would take us to Christmas Eve on Saturday. The Saints taking on the Browns. Hitman, if we let off last week's show with weather 101, it might be a case of weather 201 this week. The wind looking like a huge story for this game. Sounds like the game's going to kick off with a wind chill of about minus 9 degrees, so extreme cold, a factor as well. One thing to note, it looks like the wind is going to be howling with the orientation of the stadium as opposed to some crosswinds. So we could see some parallels to that Patriots-Bills Monday night game last year. Hitman, all things considered, just how big of an impact is this forecast having on your prop betting approach for Saints-Browns? It's it's everything. I mean, it's honestly at the point that the overs in the past game are close to unplayable. I, I don't know if there's a number that will be low enough. I don't know if I'll have one over in this entire game as far as a passing game perspective. I, I didn't have one over in the Jags-Jets game, and that was the weather in that game was definitely better than what this game is going to be. So I think that rule of thumb is try to selectively find unders. I'm not just going to blindly bet the under in the passing games, but – so far, I have played a lot of unders. I played a lot of unders related to Deshaun Watson. I played a lot of unders to Andy Dalton. Um, some of these numbers have moved, unfortunately. But so, some of the ways that I've attacked some overs is I played Kareem Hunt over 28 and a half rush yards. I played Nick Chubb 73 and a half, 74 and a half, 75 and a half, 76 and a half, 77 and a half. And I played him over 78 and a half rush yards. Um, I, I know I did, I gave out about an hour ago Chubb over 78 and a half. That's the only play I've given out so far in this slate. I'm not sure if the line has moved off of that. If you want to check it's that. 81 and a half. Okay. Um, I, I still think 81 and a half is decent. Um, I, I think that the reason that his number came in so low was because there was concerns about his injury and the fact that he missed practice twice. But everything that I kind of gather from like the beat writers in that game is that Chubb, it was more of a maintenance type thing for him. And some of the, a lot of people really don't think it's much of an issue. So I think that Chubb over is good. And like I said, Hunt over, I mean, you're probably, you're going to get one of those. And I think that there's a decent chance that you, you could get both in my opinion. Um, it definitely makes sense that this is more of a Taysom Hill game. So Taysom Hill rush yards in the 34 and a half range. It makes a lot of sense. Um, I, I'm going to, I'm going to throw this out there and just tell me logically in this type of game where it might be unplayable from a passing game perspective, like these quarterbacks might only throw the ball 10, 11, 12 times. Would the saints not be insane to play Dalton over Taysom Hill? Like just logically thinking, in this type of game where throwing is going to be close to impossible, I'd rather have Taysom Hill over Tom Brady because what's Taysom Hill is a quarterback. First of all, it's not like you're going wildcat. He started a quarterback in this league. And how many times are you going to throw the ball in the game? So just to be able to have that extra guy in the run game, there's not many quarterbacks in the league. I'd rather have over Taysom Hill. So I know Dennis Allen isn't exactly the sharpest coach in the world, but it would be malpractice, in my opinion, not to have Taysom Hill play most of this game. So I think Taysom Hill props are decent also. But don't play anytime touchdown. I start anytime touchdown around three to one. 
I don't like that because there's just what's the over under on Saints touchdowns in this game? One and a half. It's just it's not high of enough of a number for a game that the Saints could realistically score one touchdown in. And some books are even down to two to one on Hill yeah, to score a no. touchdown. Nope. All right. Well, I will take that as music to my ears as a Taysom Hill fantasy owner. Tight end can be quite the wasteland, but in this matchup, that might be enough for a semifinal victory. And that's all I'll say about my fantasy team because I'm sure nobody else cares. Hitman, I do want to ask you about some game props in this one as well. There's a few we'll touch on. First off, one I am seeing limited availability on right now at some offshore books. Sacks under four and a half at minus 150. That might sound like a low number with a premium price point attached to it. But to your point, if the passing game is going to be pretty much unplayable, God, I think that's going to lead to many fewer opportunities for any sacks to occur in the first place. Really good play. Didn't even think about that myself, but very sharp luck. Awesome. Well, the availability is limited thus far, but as more books, as we get within 24 hours of kickoff, start to post these types of props, I think that type of the betting menu often off to the side in my radar, definitely coming into the forefront for this matchup. Also wanted to run a few more Bayou Hitman that we do typically see as kickoff approaches. I'm not seeing these yet, but want to anticipate some prices and some numbers that might be actionable. Longest field goal under. This is often lined in the mid to high 40s. I assume that books are going to shade it down quite a bit, but I've got to think almost, you know, anything in the 40s if we see it. Tell me if that ballpark even sounds remotely correct. There might be a good look at longest field goal under. I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see any field goals in this game, in which case it would be graded as a winner at most books, as I understand it. Anything in the, un in the under 40s is going to be good. But again, I'm very concerned about availability. For, for field goal props in this game. Um, I'll tell you what, it's a great game to have a lot of outs. I'm sure that like someone like me has a zillion outs. I'll be able to find something related to field goals and sacks and all that good stuff. But a lot of books are going to be very cautious about offering derivatives in this game, in my opinion. So it's another reason that people should have as many outs as possible. Is there a similar thought process if I'm to run one more game prop by you? Yes, on a two-point conversion. That one we often see. This is a game in which I think any touchdowns that we do see, again, to your point, touchdowns could be few and far between, but I feel like a two-point conversion attempt is going to be the default instead of any PATs, given the weather. Yeah, I played, yes, two-point conversion. I think it was plus 370 yesterday in the Jets-Jags wow. game. So I, I do expect that this one will be lower but again it makes sense because it does seem unlikely that these teams are gonna go for two and i will say that if you like cleveland in this game play the freaking money line don't don't lay the three because the fact the game landing on three is going to be tougher one because of the field goals but two because of the likelihood that teams go for two so you're just really the one and two the game landing one and two is a lot more alive than a typical game. So if you do like Cleveland, which I don't, I played the Saints three and a half earlier in the week. But if you did happen to like Cleveland, I would play the money line. Good call out and something we'll touch on when we get to teasers later in the show. Those classic key numbers, perhaps not quite as key on a slate like this with so many games with weather ramifications, probably meaning two-point conversions in the kicking games could be quite the circus act. Another game where the forecast seems to be looming large, the Texans at the Titans. Hitman, I want to run one prop by you. 
Derrick Henry rushing yards to the over. I know everybody in the world's probably going to have this look, but I can't say it's for bad reason. If we look at this one from a matchup standpoint, Derrick Henry's last four times taking on the Texans and their poorest rush defense, he's gone over 200 yards. So we played this one earlier in the season at 101 and a half, and I expect it to be lined higher when it's available. I can't figure out why this one's not posted yet, but I do anticipate a Derrick Henry rushing yardage prop being made available prior to this game kicking off. And even if it's shaded up a good bit from the 101 and a half we saw earlier in the season, the consistency, which he has eclipsed 200 yards against the Texans recently, I think could bode very well for him in this one, especially again, considering the weather at kickoff, it's going to be about 20 degrees. It's probably going to feel like five degrees factoring the wind chill among other factors, double digit wins in this one, pretty much wiping out the Titans passing game, especially considering Tannehill's out Malik Willis is back in so there's my handicap hitman I hate to belabor the point too much when a number is not widely available at this point but is there a a number and any sense of timing you have as to when Derrick Henry rushing yardage props might become more widely available he'll be up today he might be up by the time the podcast is up um I'll guess that it comes in at 120 ish and I, I I don't know if I'm racing to play it to be honest, um, his efficiency has not been great in the past five, six weeks. And the Titans are also dealing with a lot of cluster offensive line injuries in this game. Now, I mean, am I racing to play the under? No, I'm not racing to play the under. He's probably going to get a million carries in this game. But again, we'll see what the number comes in at. I mean, if it comes in at 104, I'm going to say I like the over a lot. I just don't think it will. I think it'll probably come in at like 120 or so. And at that number, it probably just ends up being a pass for me. I think that it's just going to be accounted for. Moving on to the late window on Saturday with a heavy Christmas Eve slate this weekend. There is a rushing yardage prop that is currently available in the Eagles-Cowboys game. And I want to talk about Miles Sanders and a possible look at his rushing yardage to come in under. First off, Jalen Hurts probably not going to go on this one. And Jalen Hurts does have a tangible impact on what running backs get on their handoffs because defenses have to account for the quarterback keeping the ball with the run pass option and a lot of the motion the Eagles run. So if it's Minshew handing off to Sanders, I think just a handoff alone gives the defense a leg up on stopping the running back with Hurts being absent from this one. I also think we might get a bit of a free roll on Philadelphia's motivation in this matchup. They're you know, in all likelihood going to be without Hurts. And I think that that means if there are other players who are banged up or questionable, or if they just want to make sure that they keep other key cogs on a snap count, it's not just Jalen Hurts who's going to be absent, but some guys who will play in this one might not play as much as usual. And that could apply to volume for Miles Sanders. And then perhaps a free roll on game script with the Cowboys becoming an increasing favorite as news about the Eagles quarterback situation has circulated over the course of the week. So there's my handicap as far as the number goes that we need to marry with that handicap. Very recently, it was available at 68 and a half, and it has been hit. We're now looking at anywhere from 64 and a half to 66 and a half. So this number, not quite as appealing as it once was, but Hitman, in that range in the mid-60s, do you see any meat left on the bone when it comes to Miles Sanders rushing yards under? So we almost went head-to-head. I leaned towards the over. In this game. And one of the big handicaps was that the Eagles came out and Nick Sirianni said that he wished that he would have got Miles Sanders the ball more. And I'm all last game, and I'm always a little bit 
leery of playing under on a guy when the coach does come out and say, hey, we should have got him the ball more. Because typically you see, especially in the beginning of the game, that guy will get a little bit more usage. So that's why I would lean the other way. Now, the, the reason that I haven't played it and this would support the under is I did hear that the Eagles are leaning towards being a little bit more conservative with guys as far as like they feel that the division and the one seed is essentially wrapped up and that they're really just trying to get into the the playoffs healthy. And you see that with the Jalen Hurts thing. Like he maybe could have played this week, but they're holding him off. So hearing that the Eagles are – they're one of the most conservative teams in the league. As far as like people say that their training camp practices aren't super hard, their preseason, they play nobody. And that's because they believe to keep guys healthy. That's really important to them. So that's why I'm not going to be on any Miles Sanders under or, or over. And if I was on the under, that would be my handicap from you is I would be saying, hey, they're a conservative team. I could see more Boston Scott, more Kenneth Gainwell. But um, the quote from Sirianni about getting him the ball more, it, it's a long story. It's a long way for me to explain that I'm neutral on this bet. As we flip the page to Christmas Day, a game where you're probably not going to be neutral if I read between the lines correctly on this week's episode of Edge Rush. Let's talk Packers at the Dolphins. And you expressed some interest in Miami overs, given that they're coming off of three straight road games against good defenses or at least good defensive schemes, especially from what the Chargers put forth on Sunday night a couple weeks ago. Now the Dolphins come home against a more beatable defense than they face in recent weeks. Hit me on anything that you're seeing actionable on the current betting menu when it comes to Dolphins offense overs. I haven't played anything yet. And one of the things that um, one of the things that happens during these extreme weather weeks is so much of my focus. And there's only so many hours in a day that I could bet and handicap. And the, the thing is, is, you could be the best handicapper in the world, but if you can't get down, it means nothing. And so much of my attention has been this week to getting down on a lot of these weather-related games. So like the non-weather games, I haven't done as much work as I would have typically at this point in the week. So I haven't bet anything yet in this game. But yeah, some of the overs are appealing, I think, in this game. Um, Christian Watson, I think that Rodgers is trying – to make an effort to get him that rookie of the year. And you even saw at the end of that Rams game, they had no reason to throw at the end of the, that game. And I'm furious because I have some Rodgers unders and he actually, I actually won by half a yard as he landed at 229. but he was trying to throw the ball with the lead where any other team would have been running it. And he threw on first down, second down and third down. And the second and third down, he tried to get Christian Watson a touchdown. So I think there might be a little bit of a campaign to get Watson that rookie of the year. So that's a little plus towards some Watson-related stuff. So And he is the guy against man coverage, gets a lot of looks. He's the guy that could get the deep balls, the explosiveness for, for Green Bay. So lean towards some Watson overs. And on the, the Miami side, yeah, I think that uh, – I think that – you could um, look towards some Dolphins, guys. I know Mike Kosicki, it might be a little appealing. And I know you're saying like, oh, the same Mike Kosicki that has one catch in the last three games. And 
who knows? I mean, I hope we get a line on him this week, to be honest. But Mike Kosicki, there was some talk about getting him more involved in the offense from Miami. So I think that he could potentially be in play, especially if you're going to get such a low number. And I know Green Bay is a heavy blitz team, a heavy zone blitz team, and it kind of fits into when Tua's blitzed, Tua, um, Tyreek, and Waddle get an even bigger target share. So haven't bet anything yet, but uh, definitely an eye towards the Miami overs. All right, and one more game to run by you before we get to some official picks for our Week 16 card. Monday Night Football, my Chargers traveling to Indianapolis to take on the Colts. And Hitman, another game where I have what I think is an interesting handicap, not some interest in a number yet because the books are holding us up. So I want to just lay the foundation for what we can anticipate in the coming days. Austin Eckler, I'm looking at his receiving yards to come in under if they post this anywhere near his regular season average. He seemed to bang up his shoulder last week, and I know there's been a lot of talk about the Chargers wanting to manage the workload that they're giving Eckler. And in the passing game, that should be especially manageable given that their wide receivers are now back to full strength. I also think a bit of a free roll on game script, especially with the Colts turning to Nick Foles under center. Now the Chargers have ballooned as a favorite in this one, so they might not be passing a whole lot late in the game anyway, let alone needing to pass to Eckler like they have so much over the course of the season. All that considered, again, uh, you know, what's the holdup on there not being a number yet for this game? There aren't any really serious injury question marks, um, but is there some timing and anything you think we might see, you know, a ballpark that we could look for if the handicap checks out in your book toward an Austin Eckler receiving yards under? Yeah, it's uh, Eckler under has been a popular sharp play since Mike Williams came back because he, he just isn't needed to have the same type of target share. So not opposed to that at all. Uh, the number probably comes in low 40s, I would guess. Um, hold up, I think, is just, I don't know, the games where there's been quarterback changes, it's just they've been slow to put out. I know we know that Foles is starting, but it's just been slow to, to put those out. Um, might lean towards some Foles unders. I'll see what they come in at. But I know Foles, like he's he said that he's gotten like no work with, with the Colts in practice or anything. So that's, and then the Chargers defense is getting healthier with Joey Bosa potentially back and some other guys. So might look towards some Foles unders. I think the Eckler look is not bad. Um, been looking for a game to play Jalen Guyton under. Um, this might, and the last few weeks haven't been those games because he's played Miami and he's played the Titans or two of the biggest pass funnels in the league. But this could potentially be a game. Um, yeah, there, there's some looks that I have in this game, but. No numbers right now. Not sure what the holdup is. I guess that's just a quarterback change. One quick follow-up. You mentioned Jalen Guyton. If I'm not mistaken, he's out for the season with an ACL, but are we thinking Josh Palmer as third fiddle in the Chargers passing game? You caught you caught me. That's exactly right. who I was talking about. Josh Palmer. Good, good call, Matt. Okay, cool. Yeah. The the yeah. benefits of being a Chargers fan and just having that laundry list of injuries kind of committed yeah, to memory at this stage. You saved me from all the people listening and said, What what an idiot. This guy think he's talking about props and he's talking about Jalen Guyton props. Yes. Josh Palmer was who I meant. You know, I, I do think it would be a pretty good bet that Jalen Guyton not going to record a reception in this one on Monday night. So I will say that would be a safe bet if you can get anybody to take the action. Yeah, then it'll be voided. But yeah, <laughs> true. Yeah, must play for action. All right. Well, there will be some action that we will get to shortly to lock in some picks for the week 16 portfolio. Before then, one order of housekeeping. Want to remind everybody about Thrive Fantasy. It's a daily fantasy sports and esports app for player props. 
And with Thrive, you can eliminate hours of research and focus on the top tier players that have the biggest impact on the game. Here's how it works. Choose 10 out of the 20 available player props to build your lineup. Each prop is assigned a fantasy value for both the over and the under based on how likely it is to hit. Hit the most props and rack up the most points to win a share of the prize pool. And speaking of that prize pool, Thrive has over $200,000 in guaranteed prizes weekly. To get in the game, download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store or Play Store or by visiting their website, www.thrivefantasy.com. And be sure to use the promo code HAMMER for a 100% instant first deposit match up to $100. Hitman, all that said, now we're at the point where although we're waiting for some games to get more widely available in the prop betting market, there are some actionable looks you've already touched on and perhaps even more in games that we haven't discussed yet. What picks do you want to lock in for the Week 16 portfolio? Let's go with uh, two two picks in the Saints-Browns game. And I think that... We're going to go at least one and one. And the good thing is usually when you go one and one, you lose to Vig, but both these are plus money. Let's go with Andy Dalton under a half passing touchdown plus 130. Like this one a lot because, I mean, like I said, if I'm the Saints, I start Taysom Hill. I don't think they will start him, but he should be getting a lot of the snaps in this game, especially in the red zone. So, Andy Dalton under a half pass touchdown plus 130. And same game will go to Sean Watson under a half pass touchdown plus 160. I think we get one and one at the worst. Thanks. What was the big on Watson? I'm just noting for the Watson plus 160, Dalton plus 130. All right. Yeah. Love the look, especially with Dalton knowing that there's a free roll in him not even getting the same volume that he would typically have and earlier on in the show people can go back if they'd like some interesting looks at rushing overs for both sides as well i'm gonna go ahead and resurface one prop that i don't think it's fair to make an official bet for show tracking purposes but anybody who can find under four and a half sacks at minus 150 again i am seeing that at some offshore books right now as we get closer to kickoff, availability could pick up for that one. Keep a close eye on it. Just with the pass games being so neutralized, that can really put a low ceiling on opportunities for any defenses to get sacks in the first place. One bet that I will make official here, our weekly teaser. Let's call this one the holiday primetime special. Going to go with Christmas Eve, the Raiders up to plus eight and a half at the Steelers. And then on Christmas in primetime, taking Tampa Bay down to minus one and a half at Arizona. And the first leg, looking at the Raiders, I know the conditions are not favorable to Derek Carr and a dome team right now. And there's a lot of talk about a letdown spot after the Raiders benefited from one of the most preposterous plays that I think we're ever going to see in the NFL. But in this matchup, you know, we've been seeing totals as low as 38 for this game. And that really magnifies the relative value of each point in a teaser, taking the underdog up through a touchdown. And one more component to this, as much as it's betting on the Raiders, it's also a fade of the Steelers in their current form, being able to beat any half-decent team by much of a margin. And the second leg on Christmas, looking at Tampa Bay, let's call it take two, teasing Tom Brady on the road against a third-string quarterback, making his first career start for an NFC West team. It'll be our second time doing this in just three weeks. And it blew up in spectacular fashion when the Bucks took on San Francisco in week 14. So consider this a PSA in the name of bankroll management. But that said, I think Tampa in this matchup, the clearly superior team, asking them to do little more than win outright. 
And for transparency, I have teased both the Raiders and the Bucks separately. So this Raiders-Bucks teaser for me is going to be just about a pizza bet. But I do think that it's worth more if you don't have any prior exposure on these teams in teasers. Hitman, what are your thoughts on the Raiders plus 8.5 at Pittsburgh paired with Tampa Bay minus 1.5 at Arizona? I never say I dislike them, the the long teasers. But um, I think the Raiders leg is my favorite leg. I played them with Jacksonville last night. Again, I just don't think in a low total game, I just don't think that the Steelers are a team that's going to win by margin. And also, I had value on the spread. Uh, with I, I made the game closer to pick them in this. Now, I know that the situation is pro, is pro Pittsburgh, and that's part of the reason that the line is what it is. But I, I think that Vegas, in my opinion, is the best look uh, on the teaser board right now. One quick detour. You mentioned teasing the Jags last night. If that weren't the Thursday night game and we had the Jags-Jets line on the board right now as we're recording the show, that probably would have been my favorite teaser look. But there was a lot of late steam on the Jets. I know there was injury news in their favor. I just couldn't get over the fact that the clock seems to be ticking and it might be expired at this stage when it comes to opportunities to bet against Zach Wilson. That has been an absolute meal ticket to borrow from the lexicon of the legendary David Molinsky. Uh, what were we missing, or do you think the market might have been missing something when there was that big late surge on the Jets leading up to kickoff last night? I mean, the Jets have a good roster. I mean, they've they've been getting bet every week. They got bet against Minnesota. They got bet against Detroit. They got bet against Jacksonville. I think that a lot of people are just looking at their season long metrics, and they're just they're just saying, you know, Zach Wilson can't be this bad because I think a lot of the work says that the Jets are the better team than how they performed the last two weeks. But I just think that the people that moved those lines just didn't take into account enough that Wilson really is that bad right now. He's just, he's him, Josh Rosen and Jamarcus Russell, I think are the biggest busts of the last 20 years as far as quarterbacks go in the first round. Um, I might be missing a guy or two, but that's the big three that stand out to me. And it's, I just think that the market just didn't properly account for how valuable Mike White is. And it's not because Mike White's a superstar. It's just because of the quarterback behind them. One guy who I wouldn't say you missed from that list because he hasn't been a bust to the same degree, but he's relevant in this week's teaser consideration would be Sam Darnold starting for Carolina once again. And I think the Panthers would be an honorable mention as a teaser candidate this week. A lot of people might be interested in taking them up to plus eight and a half hosting the Lions. I'll just say that with that game, the plus two and a half point spread shaded toward the three, not as clean of a path teasing through that key number of three. So that gives me just a little bit of pause there. And then another team in teaser consideration for a lot of betters, Buffalo, an opportunity to take him down from minus eight to minus two at Chicago. And I'll say that I have teased the Bills. I did that earlier in the week, and I kind of regretted it when I heard Rob Pozzola give a great breakdown on the Matchbook NFL show about the variance in this one and reasons to possibly look more toward the Bears. With a minus 11 wind chill, sustained winds 20 miles per hour plus, that essentially negates the Bills' biggest strength on offense being their passing game and could magnify their biggest weakness on defense, stopping the run. So with that kind of variance involved and some matchup factors with the weather actually favoring Chicago, I'll say, even though I've teased Buffalo myself, a, a word of caution to anybody considering doing so in the moments between now and kickoff. Yeah, completely agree with that. This Buffalo game, we really didn't talk about the Buffalo game much, but it's going to be some bad weather in that game. So 
it's not going to be as bad as like the Cleveland game, but it's another game that probably going to be, have a lot of unders. Yeah. And one more point as we're talking teasers, I want to revisit something you touched on Hitman when saying, if anybody is going to look to bet the Browns, don't worry about the point spread, just take the money line. The kicking game is going to be weird. A lot of two point conversion attempts going to be the norm after touchdowns this week. And a lot of these weather games. So when it comes to teasers, just remember these key numbers of three and seven, not quite as key on a slate like this due to the weather. Extra points could be, again, quite the circus act. Two-point conversion attempts, the norm. A lot more games could land one or two, six, eight, or nine. So with that said, keep that in mind as part of your teaser approach for Week 16. As far as a rapid-fire recap goes on our Week 16 portfolio, Hitman, two props in that Saints-Browns game, both quarterbacks, under half a touchdown, Andy Dalton under half a touchdown pass at plus 130, and Deshaun Watson under half a touchdown pass at plus 160. My one official play for this card will be the teaser of the week, Las Vegas plus eight and a half at Pittsburgh on Christmas Eve, paired with Tampa Bay minus one and a half at Arizona on Christmas night. And with that in the books, let's get to the hops, a holiday edition of the hops. And we are dressed for the occasion. Jacob, looking sharp. I hope the YouTube audience can enjoy this one. <laughs> what do you have on tap as far as the hops are concerned for this upcoming holiday weekend? Oof. Uh, usually the holiday weekend provides just a, a big assortment of things. I guess family members bring over stuff. So there could be sangrias if my sister makes that. There could be wine if maybe my grandparents bring over a bottle. Usually Christmas morning is paired uh, with a good egg breakfast and mimosas, so some champagne early in the day. Uh, I, I guess what I'm looking forward to the most, uh, Bellwoods Brewery makes my favorite sour. It's called the Jelly King. And if you're from Ontario uh, in Canada, where I am, you've probably heard of this, but Jelly King is a phenomenal beer. Uh, comes in a, a larger than normal size bottle. I haven't seen it served any other way. And there's a multitude of flavors, but it's just a very bright and flavorful beer. Has a good amount of sourness. I am a big, big fan of sour beers. So this one is right up my alley. It's a little bit on the more expensive side, but uh, in the holiday spirit, I'm okay to splurge a little bit extra for a really good beer. So a uh, big assortment of things, but Jelly King is the number one thing I'm looking forward to this weekend. Sounds great. As you're describing that, I couldn't help myself, but from doing a little bit of real-time research on Untapped, seeing Jelly King described as a beer that combines bright and juicy hop aromatics with a refreshingly tart base, bursting with notes of fuzzy peach, tangerine, and grapefruit. I think we're uh, kind of seeing eye to eye on what, <laughs> what sounds really nice for the holiday season, yep. Jacob. Yep. Good selection there. I will say more, I, I guess, true to the, the classic version of the hops and, and not so much tart on deck for me this coming weekend. I'll be celebrating Christmas in Yosemite with my wife. And ironically, with this week's forecast for so many NFL games, it's looking unseasonably warm for Yosemite National Park. It might touch 60 degrees as we are ice skating in the shadow of Half Dome. And uh, that's going to be Christmas morning. So you can put me down for the under half a minute viewed in the first half of Packers Dolphins. But that said, definitely count me in for over one and a half IPAs from Green Cheek Beer Company, my favorite brewery, which I am repping with a sweater to kind of get their mascot cheeky in frame here. Um, it's going to be a double header for me with Green Cheek IPAs. And that's because they just did a dual can release that sounds perfect for the holiday weekend. Uh, they got, you know, really fun with the way they're positioning these beers. First up, an IPA called Tempered Bliss. This is a hazy IPA, 7% ABV, featuring Citra and Nelson hops. 
And their inspiration for naming this beer Tempered Bliss, they said, it's like the feeling of waking up Friday morning, knowing the weekend's here, but then you have that realization you've still got a work day between yourself and that blissful freedom. So you've got to dial back the excitement, dreaming of what the weekend will bring. And this beer is that Friday morning feeling in a can. They say to expect tasting notes of kiwi, pineapple, and mango. So I'm excited to crack that one open. And then shortly following Tempered Bliss, going to be a similar beer called Strengthened Joy. This one, a double dry hopped, hazy, triple IPA. So we're talking a big beer, 10% ABV with Citra and Motuika hops. And similarly, Green Cheek's inspiration for the name Strengthened Joy, they say, take that Friday morning feeling of tempered bliss and kick the lid off of it. Think about that feeling of slamming your laptop shut, screening all your calls and cracking a cold freshie, tasting notes of orange soda, lime zest, cake frosting and fruit loops. I mean, when it comes to Green Cheek, not just the excellent beer they make, but the playful mindset really goes a long way in my book. So I am fully looking forward to that one. And Hitman, I know that it's not always a playful mindset when we're talking about your weekend plans. You've got some money to make most of the time <laughs> heading to Atlantic City as soon as we're done recording. You did promise last week that you'd have an entertaining update for Christmas weekend. So let us have it. Yeah, sad, the, Saturday will probably be the first time in a, a while that for a main slate, I have a little bit of fun where I'll have a drink or two. Just got some family coming over to my place. Uh, probably after the, uh, the four o'clock games is when I'll relax a little. Um, have, I won't be the Grinch. I'll have a little bit of fun. So got that going. And then Christmas, um, doing some traveling around nothing crazy driving but um i'm not going to be the one driving got very fortunate i got a great sports fiance slash future wife that she knows that i gotta do a little bit of work on the phone some betting during the during the game the one four and eight o'clock games on christmas but definitely less betting and less grinding that i would usually do on a three-game slate and again, I'll be relaxed. I'll probably have a drink or two during the games and everything. But it's very important for anybody that's thinking about becoming a pro better. The most important thing is that your significant other supports you and she'll make the sacrifice to drive on the holiday so you could get bets in on your phone. And she'll let you on Christmas Eve, lock yourself in your office for eight hours before the night and everything. So very fortunate with that, but I will be a little bit more fun this weekend that, than I will normally be. And I actually, I golfed three days ago in 38 degree weather. So golf season still going on. Nice. Living it up in late December as winter arrives. That's great to hear. And I will say for any listeners, if Hitman's not doing the driving, he's able to do some betting on his phone during this weekend slate. Maybe, just maybe, he will pass along an edge or two via Twitter. So I'd highly encourage you to follow him there, at Hitman428. You can find me on Twitter, at MLandis18. One more shameless plug as we hit the home stretch. If you're enjoying Props and Hops, I think you'll also enjoy an interview I did with friend of the show, Ed Fang, on this week's episode of his podcast, The Football Analytics Show. That's been one of my favorite podcasts for years at this point. Ed's done a lot of deep, wide-ranging interviews with some of the best people in betting. I was honored to become a part of his show, and you can find The Football Analytics Show wherever you get your podcasts. As far as this podcast goes, Jacob and I will be back with Suma on Wednesday for Between the Lines as we hit our regular schedule. want to thank everybody for tuning in. 
Enjoy week, week 16 in the NFL. Have a safe and Merry Christmas or Festivus or whatever holiday you may be celebrating. And best of luck with your betting and beer adventures this weekend. I'm